Good morning, everybody. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, as you saw, I'm still, I'm still limping. And uh, just an update, it is, surely it is, it's fractured. And it's just one of those, those irritating wounds that will not heal. And so my, my doctor is sending me to the specialist in Reno, where they send all of us old people, right? The bones, the, the rock, they call it the rock, the Reno something, 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 something. So I see all the old people here, they're all like, yeah, I know that place. So I'm being sent there next week, so... So uh, you have to endure with me hobbling around everywhere. But one of the great advantages, by the way, of having an injured foot, I was in Costco on Friday, and I used one of those little motorized carts you can use. Oh, man, especially, by the way, pro tip, if you're ever in a hurry, use one of these carts. The crowds part when you, when you ride through your cart and you start honking your horn. People just move, and they won't make fun of you either because they feel sorry for you because you're in a little cart. Sprouts, by the way. They must have a turbocharged version, the 2021 model. Those things are fast. You're in Sprouts, try that little cart. That thing zips around the corner. It's amazing. Cut your grocery time in half. Use the carts. It's amazing. Even if you're not injured. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you leave, make sure you grab a bulletin. Huh? And in fact... Oh, You'll recognize it, especially because on the photos, parishioners of ours. It's from the wedding, from Sean and Zoe Miller at their wedding. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's here. They're, in the photo itself, it's Sean dipping Zoe at the first dance. You know when couples at the first dance, and they come out, and everyone dances, everyone's cheering. Oh, look, the beautiful couple. So this is Sean and Zoe dancing. It was taken after the wedding. They, had, they were married here in Portola. And then we all went to their family ranch. If, uh, I'm sure you've seen the name. South Reno says Diamante Ranch Parkway, I think, is the, is the exit. The part of that family. And the family has a huge ranch property there. And they have a huge, beautiful barn, which they converted to a, for family gatherings because the family's so big. And so this is where the photo's from. And if you've ever been to a Catholic wedding, you know the second reading you heard today. It is the most popular reading for weddings ever. In fact, it is St. Paul's most famous letter. And you begin to see why, when it, and I encourage all of you, read the second reading again. Pray upon it, read it, meditate. It is stunning. Listen, Paul now writing to the church in Corinth. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now you see why wedding couples always choose this reading. Because it is a lofty goal. Everyone that gets married, especially on that particular, on that special day, they all strive for that. They all desire that. Paul, beautifully, 
When he's writing this letter, when he began, he says in that second reading, before he launches into the beauty of what love is, he says, I'm about to lay out for you the most excellent way, he says. In fact, in the original Greek, it's even more emphatic. He says, I'm about to lay out for you the kat hapabolen hodan, which means it is the highest, the most virtuous, the most perfect path for you to live. That's what he's saying here. He says, I'm about to lay out for you the most brilliant way to live your life. And begin to see why when you understand the context of the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth was Paul's most meddlesome church that he founded. They were a community of Catholics that caused them a lot of problems. They were constantly fighting amongst themselves. They were constantly going off the wrong path. They kept, kept falling into the traps of, of the surrounding culture. Sound familiar? <laughs> Human nature is always the same. And they kept fighting amongst themselves and abusing, especially the most holy Eucharist as well. And so Paul constantly had to write to them to correct them. And he began to see why. The church in Corinth was famous. It was a, it was a major city. It was a port city. So think of the, all the major metropolises of today. Think of Los Angeles, New York, Miami, San Francisco, Hong Kong, I mean, Beijing, Paris, all these major hubs. What happens in these major cities where they have all a confluence of all these different cultures and values? It's, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing, absolutely. But it also brings in the vices of the world. You have the two that always come into place. And so the city of Corinth was this, it was a major trading hub. And they were famous, world-renowned throughout the empire of having a temple dedicated to the goddess Aphrodite. In fact, it was so popular that they had the major temple of Aphrodite, and then they had three smaller temples to Aphrodite. A first century Greek historian and philosopher by the name of Shrobos writes this, this is, and I quote, this is his observations of the city of Corinth. He was alive when Jesus was alive, in fact. He says, the temple of Aphrodite was so rich that it owned more than a thousand temple slaves with both men and women had dedicated to the goddess. And therefore it was also on account of these women that the city was crowded with people and grew rich. And the ship captains that brought in all of the, the commerce freely squandered their money. So what he's saying here is that part of the city, why Corinth was famous, was that part of the worship of the god Aphrodite, that people would go to, this, to, the, to the temple, offer their incense, and then they had thousands of slaves to choose from in order to engage into temple prostitution. Thousands of, you can go there, this is why the ship captains spent all of their money. Because they would go there and they had free reign to do whatever they want carnally. Every bodily pleasure was at your fingertips in the city of Corinth. Think of it as a modern Las Vegas. You can do whatever you want in Corinth. And so you offer your instance to Aphrodite, and then you go in, you buy a slave, and you do whatever you wanted with the slave. 
That are the Catholics who are surrounded by this now. Now they begin to see the force and the weight of the words of St. Paul. Because the people that he's preaching to, that he's writing to, have probably engaged in temple prostitution. They have friends and family members who all probably entered into this before they became Catholic. And so he's speaking to them, to a people who are used to using people as objects. So that's the context of this. Now to begin to see the weight of the words of St. Paul to a culture which sees people as objects. And he's saying to them, ah, but not you, not you, not you guys. Remember, they could literally walk outside of the church and they, they could see the temple of Aphrodite where all of this was taking place. If you look at pictures of Corinth today, the temple sits on a massive rock face. You can still go to today. Corinth is a major, beautiful city in, in modern day Greece. It's by the beach. It's, they're known for their beaches. It's a beautiful city. You can go outside. It's like walking out of here in Loyalton. You can look up and boom, there's where all of this filth is happening. And so Paul says to them, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not proud. He is raising the church in Corinth, surrounded by this filth, He's saying to them, you are called to the kaf hafabolen chodan. You are called higher. You are called better. Look at this reading again. And you begin to see the force of this. Replace one word here in Paul's beautiful letter. Because in 1 John chapter 4, verse 13, St. John reminds us. That God is love. This God that we worship at the very heart of who he is. That God is love. God is gift. God thinks nothing other than the other, his beloved. That's what God is. God is a self-pouring out of himself. And so now with that in mind, reread 1 Corinthians. Replacing one word. Watch what happens. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails. He's reminding the church in Corinth. He says, don't mind the culture that surrounds you. In fact, that's the lesser way. That's easy. It's so easy to sin, isn't it? I can go outside and sin if I want to right now. I can drive in the arena, do whatever heck I want to. That's the weak way. I can stop going to church, stop praying, and do whatever heck I want. That's the easy way. Ah, oh, but Paul's saying, no, not you. You are called to the kafka, the bolin, hodan. The highest, most excellent way. Now watch this, what happens when we change another word. Because you and I, 
disciples of Jesus Christ are called to be like him. Now watch what happens here. I'll, I'll change another word. Ooh, this is going to be hard. Listen to this. Father Brian is patient. Father Brian is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Father Brian does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always, he always protects and trusts, hopes, and perseveres. Father Brian never fails. I am far from this. Insert your name into this reading. What happens? Now, I don't say this to shame us, but rather to call us higher. Do you see the great path you and I are called to live? And this will only happen. We can only live this most excellent way if we cling to Jesus Christ no matter what. No matter what happens in our lives, no matter if our culture supports us or not, you and I are called to live the most excellent way. And I don't know this, I'm going to speak for myself, but I notice a difference when I pray less. I am more impatient. I am less kind. I am more envious. I am more proudful. Oh, but when I stick to the Lord, when I sacrifice, when I pray, when I stay faithful to the sacraments, when I go to confession, oh, it's like night and day. Because when we live like that, we are clinging to Jesus Christ and not ourselves. Grab a bulletin. Reread this. Insert your name where it says love. And that, my friends, is the most excellent way. <laughs>